This video is brought to you by Passport, the Bitcoin hardware wallet you already know how to use. Stay tuned to the video to learn more. Bitcoin is an asset just now entering its teenage years. Obviously, we know if you're longtime viewers of the channel that Bitcoin was created on October 31st, 2008, and it went into operation on January 3rd, 2009. And even though it was invented in the wake of the Great Recession, it has yet to actually live through a severe recession as a mature asset. Well, look no further because the recession we're about to enter is going to be Bitcoin's first major recession. What are the implications for Bitcoin? Why is it rallying right now in the wake of the Fed pausing interest rate hikes? And when does it stand to fall? Well, we'll talk about all that and more in the video up next. But first, a word from our sponsor. Passport is the Bitcoin hardware wallet that you already know how to use. It has a gorgeous design. It has a very sleek and user-friendly interface. Not to mention, it fits in the palm of your hand. This thing is very small, very user-friendly. If you've been put off by hardware wallets in the past, look no further than the Passport by Foundation devices. It connects directly to your phone, allowing you to transfer your balance, your view your balance, and it is very, very interoperable with devices you already know how to use. So go ahead, pick one up at the bitcoinlayer.com slash foundation. Now on with the video. So the three topics we're going to go through today is the Fed pause rally that we currently find ourselves in where the Fed stops hiking interest rates and risk assets do well. And then we're going to talk about when cuts will actually come and why it's not very supportive of equities when, when rate cuts do come, right? Contrary to popular belief, equities and other risk assets like Bitcoin actually puke and do very poorly when those Fed rate cuts come. And the third topic that we'll talk about is how the next economic cycle upturn could potentially align with Bitcoin's having cycle, which would make for a very, very interesting event. So those are the three topics we'll dive into. First things first, let's talk about the Fed pause rally. So the Fed pause rally is a term that we've coined, and it's a term that is used widely throughout financial markets to describe the period of time in markets where the Fed stops aggressively hiking interest rates. And as such, Risk assets such as equities, such as Bitcoin, they do very well and they get bit up by the market. Now, you may be wondering, why is this, right? Because obviously, raising the policy interest rate, which is the Fed's interest rate tools that they try to influence other short-term interest rates up with, obviously, higher interest rates aren't supportive of, of companies or the equities that, uh, that trade off of them, right? But the thing is, the way the market's reacting is as such, right? If you've been going through a year, a year and a half, two years, or in our case, just a little bit over a year of really aggressive interest rates, right? Interest rates rising, and then you go to a period of interest rates not rising anymore, risk assets love that. They also love the fact that what comes after the Fed pause, Fed cuts. And of course, the time between the pause and the cuts tends to vary, but there's a very, very risk on, very bullish reaction historically from hiking incrementally to no hikes anymore. This Fed pause rally over time uh, has occurred over the last several market cycles. If you take a look up on screen at this chart here, you could see uh, the performance of the S&P 500 starting from the first day of the Fed pausing its rate hikes until the end of the pause. And you could see here, all these Fed pause rallies have occurred right during the tech bubble, uh, which was sort of an interesting cycle because it, it, it was a pause that occurred over many years and there were minor rate fluctuations within it uh, during the Great Recession and during the repo blow up. Uh, when the Fed paused at 6%, at 5.25%, and at 2.5%, the terminal rate or the peak rate that it reaches during a hiking cycle, um, during the tech bubble, um, equities returned 211%. Uh, during the Great Recession, equities returned 16.01%. Um, and during the repo blow up, or before the repo blow up, I should say, uh, equities returned 20.19%. So the Fed pause 
uh, is historically something that causes risk assets to rally, right? And this Fed pause rally is well underway across risk assets right now, particularly in the higher sensitive asset classes, such as the NASDAQ, more tech sensitive firms, um, the S&P 500, it started rallying somewhat, but particularly the highly market sensitive asset that is the large neon sign you see behind me in Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is highly sensitive to moves in markets because of its low liquidity profile and its excessive leverage. Take a look at this chart up on screen here. You can see that 97.3 million dollars worth of short futures positions were liquidated on Tuesday as Bitcoin reached its $30,000 level for the first time since last June. This transitory rally, this risk on rally when the Fed pauses has lasted for several months and sometimes in previous cycles, it lasts for several years. Now, we tend to feel that it's going to be a shorter period of time this time around. The reason we say that is because this cycle began with aggressive tightening and now it's manifesting in the form of equally aggressive and equally sudden credit cycle downturns, right? This credit crunch is manifesting very quickly. One week, the banks were fully solvent, no issues were going on. And then the next week, all of the Fed's emergency lending facilities were lighting up like a Christmas tree, right? And so there's a lag with which the Fed's policy takes time to actually transmit into financial markets and then into the real economy. That lag is 12 to 18 months. The Fed started uh, hiking last March and they've been hiking in increments that are three times the normal size that they hike in. They usually hike in 25 basis point increments and they've been hiking in 75 basis point increments over the course of the entire last year and one month. Given that's the case, and it takes about 12 months for the policy lag to actually transmit to financial markets, and we saw banks very, very suddenly go up in flames. Uh, now they're okay, right? The fear has dissipated somewhat, but it just goes to show you how fragile fi financial markets are off the back of the Fed's aggressive tightening and how sudden we feel that each event, each portion of deterioration that you witness in banks, then you'll witness in the labor market and real economy will be very sudden. And for that reason, we tend to think that rather than several months or several years, this Fed pause rally in the time that the Fed might be able to hold a terminal may be a little bit shorter than that. So we talk about Bitcoin having high sensitivity to market movements. Uh, many pundits like Luke Groman have called uh, Bitcoin the last functioning fire alarm as a function of the fact that it is a very low liquidity profile and it tends to be less manipulated. There tend to be less passive flows than other assets. And so it really tells you what's going on and it can be a very good gauge for overall risk sentiment in the market. Now, it has a very small liquidity profile, right? And so it really trades on a dime and there, thereby it's a really good proxy for overall risk sentiment. Bitcoin for perspective has $500 billion market capitalization, where something like the S&P 500 has a $34 trillion market capitalization in all United States equities of something like 40 or 45 uh, trillion, if I'm not mistaken. So Bitcoin is a, a drop in the bucket compared to other risk assets, uh, which means that when the market shifts broadly to risk on like it's doing now, uh, let's say a market participant has a million dollars and they place 500,000 in the S&P 500, 500,000 in Bitcoin. Just to give you an example, Bitcoin will obviously appreciate far more than the S&P 500 from that those two $500,000 purchases because it is a lower liquidity profile, right? Makes sense. So that's why Bitcoin is so highly sensitive to this risk on move and it's appreciating more on a percentage by percentage basis than the S&P 500. Uh, one of the things that one of the hallmarks of Bitcoin rather is that it goes on these runs where it sort of decouples to the upside up above equities and they, it outperforms them during these risk on periods as a result of this low liquidity profile and also uh, a little bit excessive leverage. You'll see on this chart here each time 
uh, Bitcoin decouples to the upside, right, during these risk on fear uh, periods, you could see Bitcoin's correlation with the S&P 500 wane. You saw it during the last Fed pause rally in 2018 through 2019, and you're seeing it right now. Bitcoin's correlation with the S&P 500 how it was very heightened throughout all of 2022 when risk on sentiment was basically totally deteriorating from the market, uh, and it was basically just risk off all the way through. And now, as we're getting into this Fed pause period where risk on is really the move once again, Bitcoin's correlation with the S&P 500 is waning as Bitcoin goes on this percentage by percentage higher run than its equity counterparts. Now, whether or not the Fed actually ends up hiking one more time in May uh, or at the successive meetings is really immaterial. It doesn't matter too much because we're already seeing swift disinflation and even deflation, and we're already seeing the credit crunch and economic deterioration, right? Um, the market believes that the Fed pauses here and it's taking risk. This risk on bid has entered the market because of it. And so whether or not the Fed hikes once more for the road is really immaterial. The risk taking is here. Markets are expecting that this is the Fed's terminal rate. And so sooner or later, whether it's right now, or whether it's 25 basis points higher than now at a 5.25% upper bound on Fed funds, the Fed pause rally is here, right? You don't fade the Fed pause rally if any previous cycle is any indication, right? That's what's occurring right now in markets, right? We saw earlier today, CPI printed uh, lower than anticipated. Um, it fell a full percentage point from 6% to 5%. That's a huge move. And while 5% is still very elevated, it shows that the Fed's efforts in bringing about a credit contraction in the real economy it is working. It is working very much so. It dropped by a full percentage point, which is the single largest monthly decrease in inflation this entire cycle, right? And so it shows that this deterioration is speeding up, this growth and in inflation slowdown is speeding up. And so further hikes aren't necessarily warranted. The market has already caught on to this and has already started taking that risk on bid. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Foundation Devices. Passport is the Bitcoin hardware wallet that you already know how to use. With a gorgeous design and familiar interface, Passport makes it easier than ever to self-custody your Bitcoin. Take a look. This is an absolutely beautiful device. No more sitting at your computer or squinting at tiny screens. Passport, this small device that fits in the palm of your hand right here, it seamlessly connects to your phone and empowers you to quickly view your balances and move Bitcoin into and out of cold storage. And today we're offering a special deal. You can use the code BitcoinLayer for $10 off your own Passport when you receive uh, checkout or you can go to the link in our description to learn more. Now, back to the video. So what happens now? What happens as the months go by, as disinflation continues setting in, it drops from 5% to 4% to 3%, as within the real economy, you start to see the labor on, uh, market unwind a little bit. What eventually happens? Well, eventually the Fed cuts rates. What causes them to cut rates? Well, sometimes you see a credit event, and usually this is uh, highlighted in high yield credit spreads, right? The rate at which junk corporate borrowers have to borrow at a spread uh, to a fixed rate. Now, this is this uh, blowout and sort of credit really uh, tends to align with when the Fed ends up cutting rates. Now, with this blowout in credit spreads, that's a huge indicator of risk off, right? That is an indicator that the credit stress has become too much, the Fed's elevated tightening has become too much for financial markets to stomach, and so the Fed cuts rates uh, and equities do not perform very, very well during those periods. You can see here on this chart is the S&P 500 juxtaposed with high-yield credit spreads. You can see every time high-yield credit spreads blow out, the S&P 500 sells off pretty precipitously. 
correctly uh, every single time. Uh, and as we're seeing right now, high yield credit spreads are somewhat elevated, but they haven't reached that fever pitch. They haven't reached that really big risk off deflationary bust level. That has been broadly indicative of each time the Fed steps in and ends up cutting rates. Once it ends up getting there, a rapid sell off occurs. And we talked about that dynamic of Bitcoin being more sensitive to market cycles. It's more sensitive on the way up, but by the same token, it's also more sensitive on the way down. And so we expect Bitcoin to behave in this deflationary bust environment by falling more than the S&P 500, right? This is what has happened in past cycles. Um, and we expect it to be no different here. Again, it's high beta. It's very high sensitive to market moves. When credit spreads blow out, when this credit event occurs and the Fed is about to cut rates, Bitcoin is going to have some major moves to the downside. Again, we're not forecasting that this is going to occur anytime soon. But what we are saying is that this market, uh, this cycle has been very sudden. Things have changed on a dime, and that's all a function of the, how aggressive the Fed was. Its aggressive tightening is being met by an equally aggressive contraction. So these things can really occur at any point, right? The Fed pause rally is here. It's here to stay for the time being. Bitcoin stands to do well, but we're talking about weeks, months down the line, what's going to happen, right? Not to confuse viewers here. So what happens, right, when, when this deflationary bust occurs? Well, we said Bitcoin probably stands to fall by more than equities, but by how much? Well, we can we can derive a little bit about the severity uh, of Bitcoin sell-off based on the current market structure. Is the current market structure driven a lot by leverage or is it driven a lot by spot buying? And thankfully, it's driven a lot by spot buying, which lowers the overall volatility of the market um, and arguably makes it more resilient by the time this sort of big kahuna sell-off occurs, right? If a lot of the underlying market structure, if a lot of the buying that is going on regularly is propped up on leverage when, of course, uh, leverage gets wiped out during some kind of credit event, then the underlying asset stands to get wiped out as well. However, if it's being purchased in cash or cash equivalents, right, if it's just being, uh, per Bitcoin is being purchased uh, without leverage on the spot market, then, of course, your market is much more resilient uh, come the time of the credit cycle downturn in this bust that we're talking about, right? So after this occurs, right, shortly after credit stress hits levels that threatens to unwind the labor market and lead to this huge economic deterioration, the Fed cuts its policy rates, right? It realizes that its job is done, its job is well past done, and tightening anymore, keeping elevated policy anymore would be absolutely devastating. And so it only does this when it's reached the absolute um, you know, peak of this uh, of this sort of tightness and sometimes further beyond and some sort of credit event occurs, some sort of huge unwind, unforeseen thing occurs in the economy or the labor market. We hope that that doesn't happen and we hope that we can avert a recession, but by all accounts, the Fed is late to the party basically every single time when it comes to cutting and so, uh, and when it comes to monetary policy in general, right? They look at lagging indicators and they conduct uh, monetary policy a little bit too late. And so uh, we're already entering into a recession. We view the likelihood that the Fed averts some sort of deflationary bust across markets is very, very low. So that's when the Fed cuts rates, right? And what happens when the Fed cuts rates? Well, it's widely believed that when the Fed cuts rates, risk assets do really well, right? <laughs> Rate cuts equals stocks go up, right? That's not the case though. Um, we're here to dispel that rumor for you. Risk assets do not rally when the Fed cuts rates. They actually puke. Think about it this way, right? The Fed cuts rates in response to some sort of credit event, right? Some sort of massive uh, dysfunction in the labor market, in the real economy. Um, uh, you know, we'll call it, right, a, a credit event, dysfunction in money markets, um, whether that be interbank or uh, external money markets, um, or, you know, a toxic combination of all three of those things, right? 
None of these are bullish for equities and equities tend to puke in response to any one of these things occurring. Now, whether or not it's chicken and the egg, the stock market pukes and therefore this other stress occurs or this stress occurs, therefore the stock market pukes is immaterial. It doesn't matter. What it tells us is that during these times of huge economic uh, stress, economic burden, the Fed cuts rates and when they do, equities do not do well in the interim, right? Take a look at this chart here, calling it Fed cut busts. Here's the performance of the S&P 500 from the first day of the Fed cutting rates to when the Fed reaches its cutting target and stops cutting rates. Take a look here, the tech bubble, um, when the Fed started cutting rates to when it finally stopped cutting rates, the S&P 500 fell 33% in the Great Recession when the Fed started cutting rates to when it stopped. The, the S&P 500 fell by 38%. And during the repo market disaster, when the Fed started cutting rates in uh, July of 2019, and when they reached their absolute low of cutting rates in 2020, after the uh, the secondary COVID blow up, uh, which also really, really hit markets, then equities returned negative uh, 20%, right? So Fed cuts are not bullish. And regardless of whether it is a chicken and the egg scenario, the reality is that when the Fed cuts interest rates, it is, it is indicative of broad equity market weakness uh, or, right, again, broad economic weakness. That is why the Fed cuts rates. And so in response to that economic weakness, risk assets do not do well at all, and they sell off as people uh, sort of embrace the risk-off period. You could take a look. This is another uh, much easier way to illustrate it. Here is a chart that highlights the Fed pause rallies in green and highlights the Fed cut busts in red. And you can see here as the Fed pauses and holds that terminal, um, equities do very, very, very well. And then when the Fed cuts, equities do not do well. You could see that across the last three big recessionary periods, of course, those being the tech bubble, uh, the great financial crisis in 08, and the repo blow up in 2009 into 2020. So, where does this leave Bitcoin, right? We're talking about this. We're talking about what's going to happen, the cross-asset uh, reactions to the Fed uh, pausing and then the Fed cutting interest rates. As we head into this credit crunch um, and the, econ the economy continues deteriorating over the next several months, where could Bitcoin end up sitting, right? Where will Bitcoin lie at the end of this? Well, there are there are a few different ways that we can sort of gauge that. Of course, none of them are an exact science. Uh, every market cycle is different, but we do have to play it probabilistically and we can sort of use history as our guide. Um, one of the ways that we can uh, sort of analyze where Bitcoin may fall is by taking a look at its price drawdown from previous all-time highs. Of course, Bitcoin uh, is known as being an asset that hits all-time high, all-time high, all-time high on a relatively regular basis every few years or so. And every single time it hits a new all-time high, uh, when it falls, right, when the price falls, it actually falls by a lower percentage each time. Uh, what do I mean by this? Well, if you'll take a look at this chart here, in 2012, when Bitcoin fell from its all-time high, it only fell, it fell 93%, right, which is a pretty substantial amount. But as the asset has matured, as it's got more liquidity, and as it's taken more seriously in the eyes of the investing public, then it falls by larger or lower and lower amounts. You can see here, when Bitcoin fell from its all-time high in 2015, it only fell 85%. And then it only fell 83% in 2019. And then when it reached a new all-time high in 2021, it only fell 76% in 2022. Even during something like the COVID blowup, it uh, it didn't break this trend line. So you see this increasing trend line, higher highs every single time Bitcoin hits a new all-time high and then draws down. This is indicative of Bitcoin being taken more seriously in the eyes of market participants. As it matures into a real asset in the eyes of the public, it draws down by less and less, and the level at which it is perceived as inexpensive 
only rises. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that Bitcoin very well may not draw down beyond 75% during this next deflationary bust period. Of course, uh, this is not an exact science. We're just using history as our guide. But with history as our guide and Bitcoin's expanding liquidity profile, we'd say that it might be a surefire bet Bitcoin doesn't draw down any more than 75% during this next deflationary bust period. Another metric we can use to sort of gauge what the what Bitcoin will do during the Fed cut bust is Bitcoin's MVRV ratio, which is um, the market value of Bitcoin divided by the realized value of Bitcoin. And the realized value is just the average cost at which coins were last moved on chain. You can think of it as the average purchase price, right? If you take the purchase price of everybody who's bought Bitcoin across the Bitcoin network, you average it out, then it comes out to a price. And that is sort of the network cost basis. It can be thought of as a relative floor for Bitcoin's price. Now, in the last cycle, you see here up on the screen, Bitcoin fell below very briefly um, the realized price when the Fed paused, its, uh, paused hiking interest rates, right? And then as the Fed held all the way through 2019, uh, when it ended up cutting in 2020, when it finally cut, uh, it rallied quite significantly. And this realized price acted sort of as a value floor for Bitcoin during the last Fed pause and Fed cutting period. Uh, we're seeing a very similar thing today, right? Bitcoin has crossed above its realized price, you could see here on the chart. And uh, now that the Fed is at its peak rate or nearing its peak rate, um, it stands to go on a little bit of a run here, potentially, uh, however long this Fed pause rally lasts, it stands to be very, very supported during that period. And last time, you'll see when they cut, Bitcoin only very briefly dipped back below that realized price. And, realized price. and so with history as our guide, understanding that people are viewing the realized price as a very, very fair value range to buy Bitcoin, and the fact that uh, it only stayed below the realized price for a week at the very most during the last period of Fed cuts leads us to believe that a similar thing will occur this time and realize prices right around the $20,000 level. So we can use that as our relative value floor this time around as it has been uh, during the last Fed rate cycle. And the last thing to consider is that on the other side of this economic contraction is an economic expansion, right? Expansion follows contraction, regardless of the severity of the upcoming economic downturn, whether or not we avert a multi-year recession like 2008, um, it's immaterial, right? Eventually, markets will return to normal and react positively to easier monetary policy, which will allow risk-taking to resume and expansion in the real economy and financial markets to begin anew. And it just so happens that next April, Bitcoin supply schedule is set to be cut in half from 6.25 Bitcoin issued every 10 minutes to 3.125 Bitcoin issued every 10 minutes. So a supply shock occurring right around the time that risk-taking might resume in markets. That's quite the confluence of two events occurring at once. Risk-taking occurs in markets. A new bid emerges for Bitcoin at the same time that less of it is being issued onto the market. That could be a massive boon for Bitcoin's price should these two events align. And while the timing is, of course, still uncertain, it is just a fascinating prospect that the expansion phase of the next market cycle could line up with uh, within just a few months of Bitcoin's latest halving cycle. It's a fascinating prospect to say the very least. But for the time being, the Fed pause rally should not be ignored, guys. We are in this transitory risk on phase. And of course, that word has been butchered by our monetary policymakers. Transitory, temporary, transient, however you want to say it, this risk on phase is here, but it won't last forever. It could last several months, could last even up to a year or more. Right? But what we're saying is that Bitcoin stands to do well during this Fed pause rally, and that should not be ignored. But on the other side, this credit contraction has been very swift. It's been very sudden, right? And at any moment, and we're not saying in the next several weeks, uh, but at any moment, it could reverse on a dime. Risk-taking could evaporate from markets, and Bitcoin could 
have this deflationary bust that it has had alongside other risk assets. So that's what the future holds for Bitcoin. And of course, on the other side of the storm is this bright, sunny rainbow, which could potentially line up with Bitcoin's having cycle, but that's just conjecture, but it's fun conjecture. And it's the type of conjecture that we like to have in tasteful amounts here at the Bitcoin layer. So that's all I got for you guys today. Um, that's how Bitcoin stands to fare during its first major recession. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me. And of course, keep it here at the Bitcoin layer. So you can hear, uh, of course, all of the relevant market updates as they happen. You can hear more analysis uh, and timely research of Bitcoin through a global macro lens. That's all for today, guys. Take care. And again, a special thanks to Passport for sponsoring this video. Foundation Devices is a fantastic company and they make an extremely beautiful device. As you can see here, it is an absolutely remarkable piece of work. It is the best in class design for a Bitcoin hardware wallet. And if you have been on the fence about taking your Bitcoin into self-custody, Now's the time. Not only are you getting a sweet deal, but this is the best device on the market for ease of use and easily putting your Bitcoin into cold storage if you've been on the fence. You can use code BitcoinLayer at checkout and go to the BitcoinLayer.com foundation or use the link in our description. Take care, guys.